My name is Scotty Davis, and this is the initial End of the Bench podcast brought to you by Cheap Seats, same, uh, same company that brought to you that brings you Talk is Cheap. So, uh, so this is going to be more of our sports-centric podcast. We're going to be talking, today we're going to be talking WWE with Dallas Thomas, but we're going to be talking WWE, Major League Baseball, football, soccer, any sport you can think of outside of like maybe curling. We're going to be trying to talk about it. At least oh no, a we're bit. bringing we're bringing curling in. Bring curling in. All we right, got so we're going to we're going to bring curling in at some point. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to figure it out. Um, so, like I said, my name is Scotty Davis. End of the bench came from my experience of high school sports. I uh, I didn't make the baseball team, and I made the basketball team for a year. I sat at the end of the bench. I played seven minutes of high school basketball. So you know, that's that's pretty much where I sat. So this is just going to be like a. Uh, you get a you get a different kind of view. You're not in the stands. You know the guys. You have a good relationship with them, but you're getting to watch the game still, basically. So this would be kind of that view. So like I said, today we're going to be talking WWE and AEW wrestling in general with Dallas Thomas. We have Dallas here today. How's it going, man? Man, it is going great. The world is ending, but <laughs> all sports are done. But WWE, AEW wrestling is still going. They hey, and they so I'm I'm excited as you know mm-hmm. as, as a as a huge wrestling fan. You know. Uh, kind of a dream come true. Wrestling is truly the sport of the apocalypse. Uh, true. The world is going to end, and this thing's still going to be going. So things are good for me. Oh, absolutely. Vince will be Vince and Cody will find a way to go after each other in the afterlife somehow. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And then you know what? Dana White's getting in on this too. Did, I, did you see the story? Yes, of Dana? I saw that they're going to buy a private island to make UFC fights happen. I did see that today. I swore that Vince would make it happen first, but Dana <laughs> is the evil mastermind who's going to get it done. True. First, and I love it. I love it. Very true. Dana White, like, don't get me wrong, Vince is absolutely a business-minded individual and a great businessman. Dana White's a better businessman than anybody else on the planet. I don't care what anybody says. If Vince were 30 years younger right now, mm-hmm. then yes, they would they would go head-to-head and it would they would light the world on fire. For sure. I feel like, I, like I'm honestly surprised one of them has not tried to buy the other one out. Oh, it's going to happen. I, at some Eventually. point. At some point. Maybe, uh, maybe Hunter just goes go ahead and... Hey, Dana, go ahead and take this. Especially with how much crossover power they've had lately. Yeah. But I feel like UFC would lose a lot of their drawing power because I, I feel like they take a lot of creative uh, license from mm. WWE. Like, you yeah. know, like Ric Flair, like, you know, Connor, right. Connor's personality. Every right, every sure. major UFC player uh, who's who's anybody has stolen a little bit of their character, their persona uh, from, from a major WWE guy. But, you know, it is what it is. It, yeah, for sure. But I think that's what gives it. Like, UFC, don't get me wrong, it's super entertaining. I enjoy watching it, but the characters are really what makes it super right. interesting. Exactly. Connor and Habib as a fight was not very fun. The no. buildup was beautiful. There we go. That's the buildup was absolutely beautiful. So, WrestleMania was, let's see, today's Tuesday, two days ago, or three days ago was night one. Right. So, night one, we had just some quick hitters. We had Braun Strowman won his first title three years late. Big time. It took way too long. Beat up, beat Goldberg. Uh, let's see what else happened. Uh, Bailey won again, unfortunately. She uh, she kept her title. No offense to Bailey, it's just it, it's time to like. I really thought that Sasha was gonna turn right there and, and win it. I thought that was gonna be Lacey Evans' night. I you know I uh, I assume that's what they were gonna do, mm-hmm. but uh, I'd imagine they're probably gonna roll into the story with Sasha chasing chasing Bailey eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, which do we really need another? 
tease of their friendship ending and blah, 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 blah. I feel like we've been doing the same story for three years now, kind of like Tommaso and, and Johnny. Like, I, I love the two guys, but and and their matches are phenomenal, but you can only have filet mignon so many times in a week before you get tired of filet mignon. Right. And, man, that's that's what it feels like. I, I love Sasha. Mm-hmm. I tolerate Bailey. <laughs> Uh, them together is is fun to watch, but man, whenever you see it over and over and over again, eventually it starts to lose its shine. Yeah, no, I definitely understand. Now, I am, I am kind of glad about Tommaso. Like the thing I look at with Tommaso and Johnny, it's at least been kind of spread out. Yeah, and they've had five star matches left and right, mm-hmm. and, and they're going I, to. Yeah, absolutely. But I am glad that this is quote unquote the final chapter. It's kind of like how Randy and John Cena had their final chapter where no one. Like, neither would be allowed to wrestle again for the title. Cena versus Rock was also once in a lifetime. Right. And then it became twice in a lifetime, and I'm pretty sure in WrestleMania in L.A. it's going to be thrice in a oh, lifetime. for sure. Let's like, make it happen. You, you can't you can't pass up on the storyline that is written of Cena following in the Rock's footsteps. All the Rock has to do is say, you're a knockoff Rock exactly. again. Exactly. And they can go at it a third time. But but that's what I that's what I enjoy about the, the women's division in on SmackDown mm-hmm. is, you know, it's kind of been the Bailey show uh, for for the last probably six, seven months. And I'm, I'm ready to see some change. I'm ready to see something evolve in Bailey's heel character because so far it's just been, I'm a bad guy now. Boo right. me. And she hasn't really evolved her heel character now. She did do an interview, I think, with uh, with Dasha or wh- whatever, whoever. I, I get all the mm-hmm. interviewers' names mixed up these days. Um, but she did an interview, and that heel character started to shine a little bit. Like I felt like she started to do something a little bit different, a little bit more kind of cocky times 10. Right. And if she is going to be the heel character going forward and, you know, still trying to get that heat with, especially with no crowd, mm-hmm. then that's what she's going to have. Like, she's going to have to be an absolute jerk. Yeah. So what I think Bailey is missing, and this is just like me personally, like for me, heel characters are really solidified whenever you have just like that signature beat down by yourself. Yeah. Whenever you just absolutely lose it. Now, the same thing can go for faces. See Roman Reigns and what was that, twenty. 18 whenever he snapped on uh triple h yeah that was that was perfect solidified like people actually cheered him for 30 days and went back to booing him (laughs) but i mean you know he had that month of cheers but like a heel character like bailey needs that just she snaps something and that was kind of we we saw a little bit of what changed from the from Mm -hmm. the heel turn but we needed to see her snap and go over the edge of it yeah to really solidify herself as a as a main card top of the Mm -hmm. top of the division heel for sure uh, and that's the thing about a good heel. You're only you can only be a good heel if you have a good baby face to play off of. Right. And kind of you know getting a little bit off topic here. The reason one of the reasons why MJF is so hated is because he was against Cody, <laughs> Cody. who yeah. is so universally loved. Right. Uh, and so you have to have someone that you care about, and you, they have to be able to screw that person over, hurt them. Uh, humiliate them, do something so that they can get the heat on them. And Bailey hasn't had that somebody to play off of, which is why I'm excited about the direction they're going in with Sasha kind of mm-hmm. teasing, uh, teasing it again. Is because Sasha, people are starting to you know get on board with Sasha, even though Sasha's still a, a heel at the moment. Uh, that face turn is coming, and it's it's going to happen. It's and it's going to be good, hopefully, um, if they can if they can continue to book it correctly because the fans want it. Right. Yeah. So. My my thing about the Sasha heel face turn heel turn mm-hmm. between her and Charlotte, there have been so many turns over the last three years. Right, and 
the four horsewomen have been absolutely fantastic. They have they have pushed the division. They've been the backbone of the division, like they like they were supposed to be coming through. Mm-hmm. But it's time to kind of start spreading out. It's time to start <laughs> trusting some of those other talents that you have. They have a lot of talent. NXT coming up. Bianca Belair was on Raw last night. Excited about that. So I think she can make a run at uh at Becky's title. That would be some fun matches to watch. But it's time for WWE to go. Okay, y'all have done great. Thank you for getting us to this point. Let's start spreading the wealth. Yeah. Let's start getting some other people in here in the main event. Certainly, yeah. Uh, and that's going going into since you since you brought up uh, Bianca going after Becky potentially. God, we need to do something with Becky. I I love Becky Lynch, and she had one of the best runs for about eight months, and it's just been kind of kind of like Bailey Word stale. I mean. I feel like her title run never really got off the ground. Think uh, so? Yeah, I mean, night one after you know Raw after Mania last year, she gets attacked by by Lacey Evans, mm-hmm. green as green can be. Right. Lacey's improved dramatically yes, in, in the last year. She she's actually entertaining. She has a little bit more depth to her character, mm-hmm. but she was just the sassy Southern Belle. Right. Lacey Evans, you know, like she she's Liberty Bell. I don't know if you watch Glow. Yes, like she, yes. She's she's True. literally. I didn't she's, even think about that. But she's yes. just the the USA character, right? Um, and I get it, and I you know I, I appreciate it. You know, she's a former Marine, like mm-hmm. you know she she's the truth. Like she she's super athletic, but that's not how you start off a super hot title run with someone that no one really cares about. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fair. Now I think that if she had gone. Because uh, I think what, she and Oscar were split on the brands at first when she got her title, right? So, yeah. Had she been with somebody like Oscar from the beginning, and she could have gotten that foot in the door that hey, yeah. I am here, I can see where we got off a little bit better. Her character, in my opinion, was one of the best for about like I said, about eight months, and just the last few months, it's just gotten like if we could just see somebody else have her kind of fall back and then work her way back in, mm-hmm. that would do wonders for her. Well, what I. I did enjoy her run up to uh, kind of the build up to Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was kind of peak, her peak uh, as a champion. Uh, and then you know once once the feud with with Shayna started to pick up, I I just I fell off because yeah. Shayna is not super interesting to me. Like she's she's great in the ring. I enjoy watching her work, mm-hmm. but she's just I'd I'd rather watch paint dry. Like her, she's, her she's mic work dull. is subpar at right. best. At best. And I think it all stems from me really wanting to see Ronda Rousey back in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe that's their plan. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on in Ronda's world, but if they're going to keep Becky as champion, the only person I want to see take that title from her is Ronda. Is and Ronda. maybe that's what they're waiting for, because WrestleMania seemed like the perfect time to take that title off of Becky. Right. Yeah. So, speaking of, because I mentioned, you know, four horsewomen mm-hmm. from WWE, and now you have the four, four horsewomen of UFC coming in mm-hmm. when Ronda comes back. So, to me personally, that sets up a perfect um, Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Classic Survivor Series elimination, add one one woman to each team. Right. That's, like, to me, that has so much appeal to it. That has, like, star power. That can close the show. That would be amazing yeah. to watch. As long as you let the right people talk. Mm-hmm. You'll have to build in to where if Sasha does turn heels, you'll have to get back on the same page. Right. So you And you'll have to like make sure those relationships get built and they can play off each other. But the amount of star power in a ring together at one time, that would be a, that would be a classic match. I feel, like, I feel like that's something we haven't really seen from the women's division mm-hmm. in WWE. Um, I feel like you have a lot of just players there, right. but not a lot of stars just quite yet. Right. People who are on the cusp of it and people who you know the crowd really love, 
but they haven't crossed over into superstar. Like Becky, Becky's beginning that. Like you know, she's doing interviews with ESPN. She's making appearances. She's doing commercials. Right. Uh, and so you know, I'm excited to see that. And that's the only way that you you're actually going to create a star in this in this business is to get them to have that crossover appeal. And that's that's really the problem, right? Because you right. want them to be a star. You want them to have the crossover. But when they have the crossover, you lose them. Right. And that's that's been true across the board for all of the people who've who've you know who have made it in this company. Um, and so I think that's the reason they kind of pull the reins back a little bit and they, mm-hmm. they kind of temper what they allow. And, you know, and to go off of that point, we talked about Ronda earlier. I think that's what happened with Ronda with UFC. Mm-hmm. She started doing interviews and movies and she just kind of, she, she'll, she'll swear up and down. She didn't lose her focus, but it was really obvious. She can just kind of lost her focus. Well, when you start making money without getting beat up, right. Start, <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you start wanting to make more money without right. getting beat up. Yeah. If you're, if you're not hitting, sitting there taking the shots and rolling on a mat six hours a day and mm-hmm. your body's not taking that abuse and you're pulling in just as big, if not bigger paychecks. Oh, absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. So speaking of, you know, kind of keeping in the same, same, uh, area we talked about Charlotte. Charlotte wins. LOL again. Of course, Charlotte. Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley, which I think is a horrible mistake. I can understand if, with you know the Wednesday Night Wars, if you want to try to bring in quote unquote star power to NXT, but NXT has been so good, and Hunter's been so good about building these people into mm-hmm. legitimate stars <laughs> that you don't need to pull in a Charlotte or a Becky or anybody else from the top. Let Rhea Ripley run it. She has done a it, her build up and chase of Shayna was amazing to watch. The championship match was great to watch. The you know just the organic feel of everybody in the ring celebrating with her after she won, and then you rip it from her what two months later. Mm-hmm. It, it it just seems like one step forward, four steps back. So, I wish that they would have just if they if the plan was to put Charlotte in NXT, I wish that they would have just brought her over in October when they went live. Yeah, I wish that they would have just put all the chips on the table and went all in with it and said, mm-hmm. you know what, Charlotte, we need more viewers on on, on NXT. We need to have a, a solidified women's division. Have at it, especially which I, I understand, especially if Charlotte's going to NXT right now. You know, Shayna's on Raw mm-hmm. and uh, Bianca's leaving NXT as well. So I mean, you have to have kind of that elder statesman, right. stateswoman of of that of that division. And that's what Charlotte's going to be. And so, you know, I'm excited to see it, especially because it just kind of mixes things up. Um, hopefully they're able to pull out some something interesting of the story with Charlotte so that it's not just another Charlotte wins LOL. Right, yeah. And that's, yeah, for, for those of you who don't kind of catch that reference of what Dallas and I said, there was an old sign back in, what, 08 or 09 or something like that, have Cena wins LOL. And yep. the, like uh, somebody had a sign at one of the Raws or whatever, just going off of John Cena always going to win the big match. Of course, every time. And so that's kind of what Charlotte has become. She's had Buku title reigns at this point already. I'm telling you, they're going to put her above her. She's going to have more title reigns than anybody else. I mean, just at the rate by she's the time going, she's going. going to have 30. Right, absolutely. And it just it's it's kind of frustrating to watch because it's you, you root for these people, but then it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, she won again. And even when she mm-hmm. loses, like for me personally, the only thing I can think of is, well, how long is it going to take for her to win it back? Like right. it's going to be a month from now. They're just going to slap, like, especially when she and Sasha just were just flipping the title and back yeah. and forth, man. That was just a rough, rough stretch. Now, I will say the highlight of night one was the Boneyard match. Oh, without a doubt. I showed that match. Okay, so my parents kind of tolerate uh, my wrestling obsession. Like, my mm-hmm. dad, my dad's into it. My mom, she hates it. Uh, and I, <laughs> I'm, I'm home quarantining in air right. quotes. Um so just wanted to be with family and you know 
I was like, hey, do y'all want to watch wrestling? And they were like, no. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. I'm going to watch wrestling. Um, and so night one happened. And then we watched night two kind of, you know, mixed as a family. And then after, after Drew and Brock finished up their match, I was like, okay, look, I got to show y'all something. And I think you're going to like it. I promise it's better than anything else you've watched yeah, today. Yeah, I promise it's going to be great. And we watched it. And, man, my mom was like, uh, I may watch it, but I, I kind of want to go smoke, blah, blah, blah. You know, go, go outside and relax, drink a beer. It's like, okay, cool, whatever. This woman sat down and watched this, I don't know how long it is, probably 20-minute fight. Something, something like that. You yeah. know, watched a 20-minute segment without excusing herself Mm -hmm. she was she was bought in right she doesn't watch wrestling yeah i mean she knows of the undertaker Mm -hmm. but you know i think the real thing that got her was aj styles hair Mm -hmm. uh she's like wow he looks like he should model for pantene or something (laughs) maybe maybe he's born with it maybe it's maybelline i don't know right um but no um i loved it i thought it was great i wish that they would have started doing cinematic matches for the undertaker years ago yes so I was talking to a buddy of mine about bone, the Boneyard match because it was the only it was the only match that I sat and watched front to end mm-hmm. from night one, outside of you know the seven minute match if that that Braun had because I knew what that was going to be right. so I could I could afford to spend five to seven minutes watching that, but if I I hope they don't ever do anything with Undertaker again I hope that's the last the last like match that we see if you want to you know have him come in and talk whatever tombstone somebody chokeslam somebody, whatever. But as match, I hope that's it. Because that is a perfect send-off for him. It's never going to get better. No, absolutely not. You couldn't make it better. It was... And if you tried to do it again, you'd fail. Yes, Like if, absolutely. You, if you tried to pull off another Boneyard match that has that same kind of universally loved element that that first one had, I don't think you're going to be able to pull it off. Oh, for sure. The, I think the only... The only other matchup that I would probably want to see from The Undertaker would be if you can pull off something like that with Sting. Yes. That's the okay. that's the only and with that you get to hide all the flaws. Right. You get to hide all the, you know, I'm out of gas from from two 50 plus year old men. Right. Uh so that may be the only way I want to see it. But it was so perfect that I I really don't want to ruin it. Yep. And see if now that you mentioned I didn't even think about it, but now that you mentioned that I kind of wish that's that's what the match would have been. Get a get a sting and under, now I can see if maybe the plan is to do that at like SummerSlam, and you were just seeing how it worked out here. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want them to touch it anymore. I don't want Undertaker to get back in the ring. I I don't want I want him to show up on a Monday and go. All right, thank you very much. This is thirty plus years of my life. You guys have been great. See you later. And that's and you know I really don't even want that from the Undertaker. You don't think? I don't want uh, I don't want a goodbye. Like, I, I don't want to, this is it for me. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a question mark for the rest of wrestling eternity. Okay, I can respect and, that. And that way, if the lights ever do go out mm-hmm. and you ever do hear the gong, right? you know that, you know, stuff could happen. Right, absolutely. But it's probably not going to, right? Right. Uh, I, you know, and it's hard to picture WrestleMania without The Undertaker. You know, mm-hmm. WrestleMania 35 kind of felt off. off yeah. Um. You know, being being in attendance for ninety seven hours, um, in in you know in in New York, it was miserable. But you know, if I were able to see the Undertaker, it probably would have made it a little more interesting. Now, I mean, was I expecting a match? No, 
was I hoping he'd show up and, and tombstone somebody? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I want from The Undertaker going forward. I, I want him to kind of be the moral compass of mm-hmm. WWE um, for, you know, people like Elias who go out at WrestleMania and, and start to sing right. and, and crap on the crowd. And then I just want the gong to hit, and I want Taker to be there and, and do cool stuff. But he's getting older, and that's probably not going to happen. Right. Uh, but I, I'd enjoy it. I can see him in, like, a little uh, like DX role where he just comes back every once in a while and might mix it up for 12 seconds with somebody. And, I'd be down for it. And hit a finisher, and yeah. that's it. Uh, but what I, I think that match really kind of stole the show. Absolutely. Um, no one I, – I feel like no one really had high expectations – for that, I had no idea all. what a boneyard match was even gonna be. I made fun of it. Into it. I, I hardcore made fun of it at first, thinking, you know, like, what the heck is this? Right. Why? Why are we going this direction? Uh, and you know, they had a great payoff for a feud that I didn't think was gonna get off the ground, uh, especially with AJ just constantly taking shots at and Michelle McCool. Right. Um, you know, but you had that realism that, you know that really kind of had the chance to shine, and I yeah. enjoyed it. And even in a victory, because you see a lot of the guys, like, in their final match or, like, one of their final matches, you'll see them put over the guy. Like, mm-hmm. they'll take the loss. But they did such a great job of giving Undertaker his win at WrestleMania while also showing that respect to AJ. Yeah. Hey, man, you pushed me like almost nobody else has pushed me. This was great. I'm not going to bury you. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Here's a foot to the chest. That was that was probably my favorite part of the entire thing, especially mm. when, when Taker's dragging AJ around and AJ's like, don't bury me. <laughs> right. Don't bury me. You can just see it coming. And, and that's that's the, the funny thing of it is, you know, that that's such insider lingo that we mm-hmm. use. Like, oh, you got buried. Right. You got buried by the Undertaker, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and they're able to kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, kind of poke fun at the crowd. Right. Uh, while still putting on a great show. And I, I loved it. And I thought that this was a good way to give because you kind of saw Mark Calloway more than the undertaker in this match. For sure. You saw the human being that is behind the character and yeah. behind the, the phys- or the mystique yeah. about it, which was really cool for me. So from one, from one cinematic wild match to another one, Ooh. I still don't know how I feel about the firefly match with Cena and Bray. It was just so off the wall, which, per- which works perfectly for what you would imagine the mm-hmm. firefly Funhouse would be but I just don't know if it hit properly. So I, that's probably my favorite segment and I'm not, I can't even call it a match. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a segment, um, that had some physicality, but the psychology of it was fantastic. For sure. Um, it, and you know, once we, we'll talk about it a little bit and then I've got this, this thing that I found from, from a user on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, kind of a long, long deal but we'll, we'll talk about it and then maybe i'll go into that okay um but no it was it was fantastic i mean you you had bray who kind of fed off the fears of cena mm-hmm. um and you seen his fear of failure and uh you know almost getting fired and and then not getting over with the crowd and just everything man it, it was really just kind of something special but something really weird i, I felt just... like i don't know if you've ever seen the, the music video to black hole sun by mm-hmm. soundgarden um, if anyone's listening and, and has seen it, you understand it's very trippy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the vibes that I got from it. I got you. We'll, we'll watch it after, after okay. we finish recording and you'll, okay. you'll understand what I mean. I got you. But I felt like a fever dream, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it yeah. didn't feel real. Um, and definitely didn't feel like a WrestleMania event. It felt like a Monday night raw segment. Yeah. Um, but it was superb. It was extraordinarily well done and well choreographed. 
Um, it had, you know, that little bit of physicality. Uh, once once Bray kind of broke Cena, that's when things got physical. Right. And, you know, just hats off to these guys, man. Like, uh, you know, they, they went out on a limb and did something brand new and yep. never done before, especially for WrestleMania. And so you got to gotta hand it to them. Like, it, it was – I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, yeah I, I can definitely see that. My the, – the thing that was just so wild to me is I don't know what I expected out of it, mm-hmm. and, but it wasn't that. Right. So, like, maybe that's what it was for me that it was just a little bit off – it was so off the wall. It just – but it does fit in perfectly with Bray's character. And I love the fact they brought back, like, Bray Wyatt. I love the fact that, yeah. that Cena made some shots at Husky Harris whenever he does Doctor of Thugonomics. They brought back Bray Wyatt, which is kind of weird to see him like with his new dreads and everything. Right, you had but it puppet was, Vince. Yes, like it was. <laughs> it really was. It was super well done, and it's something that I won't ever forget. I will say that I will never forget watching that match. Yeah. and watching Cena, and they had beautiful callbacks to their match at WrestleMania. Was it six years ago? Yeah, they had beautiful callbacks to that match, and it was extremely well done. It was just so wild. And, and that's that's the thing. I think this WrestleMania, they had to do something a little differently. Uh, had there been a crowd, we probably wouldn't have gotten this Firefly Funhouse match. Mm-hmm. I think we would have gotten an actual match. Um, but, you know, I think, I think I like this more than an actual match. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, you, you love to see, you know, guys you care about, which I, I love Bray. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, with the evolution of the Fiend character. Um, I would have loved to have actually seen him be able to defeat Cena on the big stage and, you know, have a crowd of 80,000 cheer for him. But that's just, you know, that's just me as a fan of the guy. Um, Pipe dreams are always fun. Right. But, you know, I think I think I like this a little bit more because it's it's just something different and special and probably won't ever be done again. Like kind of the same way with the Boneyard match. If you're not going to do it to this level and you're not going to have this history, then I really don't want it. Because the thing that made this story special is, one, you get to play off a, you know, uh, 18-year career of John Cena. And you right. get to see his evolution from character to character to character. Uh, and then all the choices that he made kind of get brought up in this match versus versus Bray. And then their history together. Um, and that's one of the things that I like about The Fiend is whenever he defeats an opponent, they usually have some sort of character shift. Right. Uh, you know, The Miz went back to being cocky Miz. Daniel was back to being the indie star. Um, yeah. who who else has he has he defeated? Uh, Finn, Finn Finn turned back into yeah. like eat- Finn Finn became the prince and went yes. to NXT. Yes, uh, you know. So I'm curious to see when we see Cena back in in a WWE ring, mm-hmm. kind of what he does and how he you know how he fits back in. Right. If we see John Cena back. Right, man. For me, that's and that's the worst thing about it. I've always been a big Cena fan. Like I oh, get it's here. never popular. I get it's not like the cool thing to be a Cena fan. It's fun to it's fun to make fun of him and all his wins. Oh no, internet fans hate me because I'm a Cena yeah, fan. I'm, I'm I, a Reigns fan. Like. And I and I, I enjoy both those and I, I was really upset that Reigns couldn't be at WrestleMania yeah. with, with the character progression he's made and the fact that he's a legitimate baby face at the, mm-hmm. at this point in time. But I like I, I love Cena and when he was coming back, like I, I had not watched SmackDown for a couple of weeks, and then, like they said, hey, Cena's coming back. I was like, okay, I'm glued to my TV. Right. Let me know when he's on. I'm glued to it. And then they did this whole segment, and then he's like, but I trust everybody in the future. And I was like, you suck. Like, I get that it's a good thing, and I get <laughs> yeah. where I want to move forward, but don't get me that hyped up to be like, hey, I trust everybody. Then the lights went out, and I was like, oh, perfect. Him versus The Fiend, this is going to be beautiful. Yeah. 
And I really wanted to see Cena in a ring again. But with it being, what, a month, I don't know how good of ring shape he would have been in, and I don't know how good of a match they were able to put on. Right. So, and that's that's what I like about John Cena, though, man, is, you know, at any point, he could say, you know what, I'm in. Right, absolutely. Uh, and we really haven't seen him in any kind of even part-time capacity mm-hmm. since, since he put Reigns over, I don't believe. Right. Uh, at, at the No Mercy paper, like random No Mercy pay per view, <laughs> two or three years ago. Right. Uh, and so we only see him in special occasions, and to see him just randomly show up on a SmackDown in WrestleMania season, I was like, okay, it's on. Right. Um, but I, I'm glad that he got the chance to to pair up with Bray because I, I was I was just concerned with what they were going to do with him, especially after they took the title off of him in, in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to you have to say that really quiet. WWE doesn't really broadcast that right, over yeah. there. We're we're global. It's we, a global pay per view. We have a ten year contract, but let's not a uh, let's not let's not say where we have a ten year contract. No, we're just we're we're somewhere. Right. Um. Which that's what Dana White's going to have to say. We're we're somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, I I enjoyed seeing him come back for for Mania season, and that that match was so special. Mm-hmm. Um. Like it was just so different and actually involves psychology and that's mm-hmm. what the fiend is supposed to be you know right. he's supposed to be kind of the boogeyman not not wwe boogeyman but <laughs> right you know the, the actually boogeyman right actually yeah. feed off your fears and insecurities and that's kind of what they got to do yeah i uh so you said you had something about the match from twitter let's go right. ahead and go through that real okay. quick so it's from the user uh, I am Jay Walker, so I'm gonna give you full credit for it, buddy. Don't worry. Uh, he said, "So WrestleMania 30 is the most pivotal pivotal night. Uh, it's it's why we're here." Bray had the whole world in his hands. Cena had a shot to make a star, but chose not to, and it hurt Bray. So now Cena must look at his past and see the error of his ways. There's an infamous me- uh, infamous meeting where Vince was looking for his next big star. He told everyone to let him know who had the ruthless aggression to take that position and run with it. Cena despite being very early in his career, said that he was up for it and was out to prove it. Cena's debut was memorable. You can only imagine what would have happened if he never got that moment to shine. He was very one-dimensional. He wasn't ready for it and almost got fired because of it. But because of his body, Cena was given another chance. It's the old-school thinking that plagues WWE. However, his muscles couldn't carry the company alone. He had the chance to reinvent himself and be fired, or... Uh, so he became the doctor of thugonomics. He had edgy fourth wall breaking promos that made him a hit. It hurt and buried a lot of talent along the way. It rubbed some people the wrong way. It was very lonely at the top. And so that's where, that's where you see Dr. Thugonomics come mm-hmm. into, into the match, uh, and starts to rhyme scripted promos that Bray gave him. Right. And so that's kind of given the point of what if, Cena, if Cena had a promo mm-hmm. written out for him the way that the guys currently have promos yeah. written out for them, he would not have would succeeded not have in that really role. Well, right. AKA Shorty G. Oh man. <laughs> Love it. Oh, Can we bring man. Chad Gable back just to be Chad Gable? Please. And in the Shorty G thing? Please. <laughs> but back to it. Uh, so enter Bray Wyatt. He was different. Uh, he was becoming a star in a system where everybody had to play by the rules and uh, he had momentum on his side. So we rewind, rewind to WrestleMania 30. Uh, Cena would have made Bray Wyatt that night, but instead he was afraid to take a chance on him. He felt that he was, uh, he felt he wasn't ready, even though the people really wanted it. And all he had to do was swing the chair. If you remember the Cena's whole like rise above mm-hmm. hate thing. Right. Uh, but of course it was too late. Cena was too slow and the Wyatt family faded away. Cena was too afraid to seem heelish. 
uh, well, now that he would face his ultimate fear. And that's where you see him go to the NWO thing, which that, if you if you don't understand the heel turn thing, then, you know, seen as uh, kind of being afraid to, to have heelish tendencies in his character, the NWO thing was, what if? Mm-hmm. What if Cena would have been a heel? What if, you know, what if Cena went Hollywood right. uh, like Hogan? Like Hogan did. And so that's always hung over his head, and they veered off the safe course and took that risk. What if his character made that jump? He didn't want to fail to those who believed in him, and that's where Cena snapped. He didn't know what he what he didn't know what to do. He was coming face to face with some deep rooted questions he didn't want answers to, and he had already failed enough. The audience rejected him. Randy Orton, his rival, was the better wrestler. CM Punk becoming the bigger star. The Rock taking his spotlight. Brock Lesnar being the champ. Roman Reigns now being the guy. It's really over. He failed. Cena played it safe to stay at the top, and it cost him everything. Everything that defined him was taken from him. And while he clung to the light, somewhere, something else emerged from the shadows. Having, having stopped taking chances long ago, Cena lost everything. But Bray, despite having no opportunities and no one having faith in him, he took the risk, evolved, and grew stronger. Here comes The Fiend. Mm-hmm. And this is where you see Cena break down in the ring. The Fiend come out from the shadows. Uh, finally, Cena let him in. All his fears, angers, frustrations laid out in front of him. It exposed him and made him vulnerable. In order to heal Bray Wyatt, the Fiend needed to hurt John Cena. Mm-hmm. And now we can't see him. His time is up. Bray's time is now. That's that's pretty that's so pretty when good you, stuff. When you put it that way, mm-hmm. that's that's what really made me appreciate that match mm-hmm. to the next level of of actually seeing the psychology. And you know, I'm I'm seeing reports that like Cena had a lot to do with it. Uh, Bruce Pritchard was one of the, the mm-hmm. main guys on it, and then Bray as well. So you know, I, I think they they pieced it together really nicely. I don't, like I said, I don't know that I want to see another one. Yeah, because it would have to be a couple of years from now. It yeah. couldn't be anytime soon. This would have nope. to be once every couple of years, mm-hmm. and it would have to be like a big stars at that point of absolutely tipping one way or the other, and Bray pushes them yeah. whichever way Bray wants them pushed. But that that's what I like about this is you get all the reward with none of the risk. Mm-hmm. You know, you get all the reward of of a match and and the psychology and everything else because I'm not I, now that I've seen that I'm glad I didn't see Cena wrestle a 15 minute match with the Fiend. Right. You know, cuz it, it would have been 35 attitude adjustments <laughs> and then, you know, Bray would have choked him out with kind of like how it was with Seth with 40 yeah. co- with 40 curb stomps and Ab- nothing happening. Absolutely. Uh so you know, Looking, looking at the possibilities of what it could have been versus what we had, I, I'm, I will take this a million times over mm. uh, versus just seeing some random match with Cena three years removed from him having in-ring action. Right. And I, we didn't even talk about that with Seth Rollins, his match with uh, with Bray or with The Fiend, mm-hmm. turning him kind of into that Monday Night Messiah character. Right. Where he snapped and he was like, all right, well, you know what? I'm going to take control here. Exactly. And that, that's, that's what I like about it is, you know, you – it actually makes you think, and I think that they, every step that they take with the fiend is going to be a little bit more deliberate than mm-hmm. what they had before. Um, you know, a lot of fans were upset whenever Bray lost the title, but there was a plan. Um, you know, they Bray didn't have to have the title to do anything at WrestleMania mm-hmm. with Cena. Would it have made it interesting if you know, especially if they would have had an actual match to have 
kind of number 17 lying, lying right. in the wings. And that would have been interesting for me. But That's kind of what I was hoping for. When I saw it was Goldberg versus The Fiend, I was like, okay, so they're going to ruin The Fiend by putting Goldberg over for Goldberg just to lose it for a month from now at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Because I knew, like I, I had seen reports that Goldberg wanted one last match at Mania with the title on the line. And if you're going to have one last match, you're not going to win it, right. obviously. Unless so you're The like, Undertaker. Right, unless you're The Undertaker. In right. a Boneyard match. <laughs> yeah, so... So, but I was like, man, if, if you run that and then you run Cena and honestly, if, if Cena goes after that 17th title, I would love to see, and this is something I've been begging for for years, give him a storyline of him, like chasing it, of him chasing Ric Flair's legacy of him chasing title 17 and give us the payoff that it richly deserves. Because in my opinion, Cena deserves that 17th title. Absolutely. Uh, but the problem that 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 creates, if you're going to have any kind of meaningful chase, it takes time. Right. And so you you're can't. It's hard to create a meaningful title win when you've only been back on TV for two months. And that best case scenario right. for that would be he wins the Royal Rumble, right? Right. Um, and which I fully expected, to be honest with you. I was hoping. I mean, I thought I, he was going to come back, and I thought he was going to win it. I walked into Houston, Texas, sat in my super expensive seat for the hope. Of John Cena. For the hope of Cena coming in. Oh my gosh, dude. Like I feel like the place would have popped. Oh. I feel like he's been gone long enough that he's going to get a good reaction whenever he comes back. So, speaking of getting good reactions when you've been gone and mm-hmm. then come back, Edge. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a match that I, I wanted to talk about. Um, Edge versus Orton in their last man standing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that match is still going on. <laughs> It's it hasn't ended. It's going to carry over to to WrestleMania in L.A. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I, mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought it was in. You know, I thought it was probably about ten minutes too long. But man, um, I wish we could have. You know, the the biggest the biggest travesty of of this WrestleMania being in front of no audience is the fact that Edge's first single match singles match. Is in front of no crowd, right? No, no one to receive him. No one, you know. Um, this dude fought and clawed his way back into into pro wrestling. And if you haven't watched the Edge Twenty Four that they they put mm-hmm. out, it's it's incredible. Like, and I thought I'm this an emotional was... dude. I, I I teared up <laughs> several times. So. Right. I thought this was the best that Randy Orton has looked in like six years. Oh, for five sure. or six years. And like he he's shown like spurts of it, like when he and Bray had their thing. Mm-hmm. There was like like just hints of that old Randy Orton. He and uh, when he and Daniel Bryan were going back and forth a little bit, there were hints of it. Yeah. But this is the best for a stretch that Randy Orton has looked in like five or six years. And that's what everybody who's ever worked with Randy Orton says. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Randy doesn't care about it, or if he's not <laughs> invested, you you can tell he's going right. to phone it in. But when Randy cares about something, and man, that there's it's hard to find something you care more about than one of your you know real life best friends overcoming an injury making their way back into their career uh and you know having that special moment you know i feel like if they i feel like that match was still going to be a 30 minute Mm -hmm. slobber knocker um shout out jr um (laughs) it you know crowd or no crowd but i feel like they 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 tried to make chicken salad out of you know Chicken poop for they they did their best right um, and for for having no crowd I feel like they did really well so I people were talking about you know WrestleMania if it was gonna go on for a little while and they were just like yeah we're just gonna do it without a crowd at the performance center mm-hmm. and people were like oh 
this is going to be awful. They've never done anything like this before. Right. People forget one of the best matches ever was in front of no crowd. Right. When you had Rock versus Mankind. Yeah. That was one of the best matches ever. And you saw little bits of that in that match between Edge and Randy. Mm-hmm. You saw little bits of everywhere, but they're not playing to a crowd. Like they are solely focused on each other. Right. Which is something that was missing, in my opinion, with other matches. Yeah. Is they were still trying to play to a crowd. They weren't. You're, you're who is in front of me. You're who I'm focused on. Right. We're going at it. Well, that's th- that that rivalry was so personal. You right. Know? Like, not only did did Randy bring Beth into it and and give her an RKO, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, he he brought up Edge's kids on national mm-hmm. television. Edge never had that family to to pull that out of you know pull that out of his character right. uh, before he retired. You know, he he didn't marry Beth until. Uh, you know, two or I think two years after mm-hmm. after he retired, so he didn't have he didn't have a wife, didn't have kids, and so he never had that part of you know his manhood to to challenge. Right. And so Randy being able to do that to him, man, it it, it was it was really cool. Like it, it felt it felt real. It felt personal. And even even though you know these guys are, are shoot best friends, right? Like, you know, it's it felt like like oh this this could be something, right? You know? For sure. Yeah, and that's and that those are the best rivalries that you see. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and to go uh, with Randy for another rivalry back to kind of like Cena, he and Cena, it, it did get stale after a while. Mm-hmm. But you like you knew those guys were extremely close outside of the ring, right? But you would, if you didn't know that, you would absolutely believe these dudes hated oh, yeah. each other's guts because of how well they played off each other inside the ring. Yeah, which is why I think Randy Orton is one of the best performers ever when he wants to be, and you know. It's it's weird to call someone like Randy underrated. Right, for sure. With what, 13, 14 title reigns, something right. like that? And, you know, 13 time champ, uh, been here since like 02. It's, same, it's hard. Same length as Cena. Hard to call him underrated, but it's true. Right. Uh, I feel like because he's been here so much, he doesn't get kind of the recognition he deserves. Like he's truly an all time performer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with his heel runs with even he's, he's such an awkward baby face. He is. It's, it's not, is. it's not the same. The entire time he's a baby face, you're just waiting for that. heel. like, oh, what's going to set him off for those, for those voices to be like, okay, that's enough. Let's snap on somebody. Which is why I think like last year or, you know, late last year, whenever talks of Randy's contract coming up mm-hmm. were you know, that was kind of buzzing the internet. And that the possibility of him jumping to AEW, man, in the alternate universe where Randy Orton says, you know what, I'll go, I'll go wrestle for Tony Khan. Right. That, that, whoo, I was ready for that. Honestly, I think that might have been, not that this wasn't great, not this wasn't kind of like a a breath of fresh air into his career, Mm -hmm. but I can feel like just a career change, like a, like a flip in his, like a breath of fresh air, just like a total flip for the next couple of years for him. Oh, for sure. Where he feels fresh. He's got people he's never wrestled before. He's got that just aura about him. Now the question is, does he keep Randy Orton? Does he change his name up a little I bit? Mean, when that's he moves his, that's his name. Yeah, I know. But with WWE having like license on a lot of stuff, you, you can't, you can't trademark a name, not for their name. All right. Well, see, learn something new every day. Yeah. Uh, which that would be crazy is, to bring is, that name is, star power over. Right. But that's why Ryback legally changed his name to Ryback. Okay, I got you. That makes sense. Yeah, and turns out there's like they couldn't file. Or I don't know if he's still in. They're still in litigation for because mm-hmm. he's still trying to get that name uh, to be able to use. That's such publicly. a crazy thing because Ryback will sit there and he'll write and complain and he'll be like, "But hey, if y'all want me back, hit me up. Let me know. Like on the right, low, right. let me know if we can work something out. I'd love to come back." Um, but you know, Randy Orton 
if he would have made the jump to AEW, and you know, it's it's all speculation, but man, mm-hmm. the, it it wouldn't. Even, I don't. I feel like it wouldn't even be a Wednesday Night War, you know. Which like, I mean, honestly, for you know the little and I quote Hunter pissant company over there, they're winning Wednesday nights every single Wednesday at uh, this point for for sure. And you know the the funny thing about WWE is they they issued out the the perfect statement mm-hmm. for I think it was the first night that they that they had lost the ratings war. Uh, they actually sent out a PR statement that said congratulations to to you guys. You know, congrats on your on your debut. Uh, just know that it's a it's not a race. It's a it's a marathon, right, not, not a sprint. sprint. Yeah. Um, and that gives them the excuse of, yeah, you, you're beating us now. And then it could be 10 years from now mm-hmm. if NXT is still on the air. God, well, uh, you know, if, if, and if AEW ever slips, they can always pull up that, that PR statement right. and say, we told you. Yeah. And see, that's like, cause Vince has been here before. Mm-hmm. He's been here with WCW. He's been here with ECW. He's been here. With these other companies. When Impact that, tried to have Monday night. <laughs> right, yeah. He's been here and he's won every single yeah. time. And and I understand that now's a little bit different because Vince is out of touch, but Vince is not out of touch by a couple of years. Vince is getting closer to a couple of decades out of touch with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get Hunter's got a bigger hand in things. When Hunter officially takes over everything, I think it'll be a little bit better. So here's the thing. Uh, personally, I don't believe that Hunter's going to have the chance to. You don't think so? I think... I think WWE would probably sell to Disney. Really? Before they do anything. Well, before, doesn't Disney already own WWE or own mm-hmm. a stake in them? Mm-mm. No, I thought th- I thought that had gone through. I thought mm-hmm. I had read that. Not that I know of, uh, which I, I may just be uninformed, but I, I don't believe they do. Disney owns uh, everything at this di- point. Di- yeah, Disney, <laughs> Disney owns the world at this point. They, they're going to put mouse ears on, <laughs> on top of the WWE logo, which honestly I'm down for. But That would uh, be, that'd be a nice, little, nice it, little turn. If you're telling me that, that Universal gets to have a, a WWE park, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Um, I'm all for it. But yeah, man, you know, I don't think, I don't think that you'll see Triple H get the reins of this company. Um, I, I know that he, he just went through a title change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he's no longer the, the VP of, of talent relations and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, uh, I'm not sure exactly what his role is, but I do know that it's, it was a, it was a very quiet demotion. Mm-hmm. Oh, demotion. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I think he's like pretty, pretty much just solely relegated to NXT. I gotcha. Which honestly, NXT has done really well. The thing that I like about NXT is they have been able to take... Not even like the not even like the bigger names that have come over, which they've always done a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Even if they fizzled out in the you know main roster, but just like the people you don't hear from that are homegrown, that aren't the indie love stars, that are homegrown, that they've done a good job. Even if it takes five or six years, yeah. they're patient, and that's yeah. a big thing that that Hunter's done a good job with. Mm-hmm. Now Hunter also has a reputation of pushing his guys like Vince did, oh, of course. But they've done a really good job of homegrown talent and pushing that and making it their own thing. The, for me, the standout guy in NXT has to be Velveteen Dream. Oh, absolutely. I remember watching him on Tough Enough, yeah. and I saw him. I was like, oh, that's Patrick. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, and so, you know, I, I hope that guy does does great things, man. And I'll be honest, I don't watch NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tried to on Wednesday nights, and I, I can't get into it. I, I, could ne- I couldn't even watch it when it was, you know, an hour taped show. Mm-hmm. Um it just it doesn't do it for me. Their their takeovers are a one phenomenal, mm-hmm. uh, and I will watch those every time because they give you 
a, a three minute video package to get caught up on the rivalry. Right. Uh, and that's the way I'm able to skirt through with, with NXT, but their their weekly shows for me just don't cut it. The the one the one thing I will say negatively about NXT is that they have they're they try to be an indie show mm-hmm. instead of just being a WWE show. They try to give you that indie feel, which is different, which is what sets it apart from yeah. Raw and SmackDown. But they just try a little bit too hard to be, hey, look, we're different, which I think is part of the reason why they're losing to AEW is it's not coming off organically like AEW is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's what I, I love about AEW, man. I, I've been an AEW guy since mm-hmm. since the start. Um, I, I had the chance to go to, to All In initially, mm-hmm. and, you know, the the line that Cody gave at the end of the show was sometimes when you make a bet, you have to go double or nothing. And, you know, that's right. when everyone was like all in too, you know, figured, figured that was going to happen. Um, but I, I've been an AEW guy from the start. So I'm a bit biased, you know, in the Wednesday right. night wars, uh, which it's, it's not really a war. People, people not obsess about, people obsess about the ratings. And honestly, and this is to everyone listening who, who freaks out about ratings. If you're not an advertiser, those ratings mean absolutely nothing to right. you. It's it's the Nielsen ratings for advertisers mm-hmm. to determine how much they should spend and how valuable that spot is for them. Right. It has nothing to do with the quality of the show. I'm sure there are some NXT shows that got lower viewership that were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. There were some NXT or a, also AEW shows with high viewership that were absolute trash. The if you think. Ratings equal quality. The Bachelor is the highest rated show in America. And go on about The Bachelor and the, the trash pile that the Man, show is. Ooh, I'm not even. I, I don't even. I don't even want to get too far into that. God bless The Bachelor. You guys are, <laughs> you guys are doing amazing work for the people that watch you. Um, we watch wrestling every week. So yeah, we're, it's we're, the guy version of The Bachelor, right? Um, but you know. The ratings thing really doesn't matter that much. It doesn't bother me. Um, what what bothers me is is the the fans who constantly pit the two against each other, as if you can't be fans of both. Right. Personally, I'm not a fan of both, mm-hmm. but just because I'm not doesn't mean that someone else is. You right. know, like. And I personally, like, I keep up with AEW through Bleacher Report mostly. Like, I'll read yeah. the weekly. This is what happened in each match. Mm-hmm. That's mostly where I keep up with AEW. Yeah. So, but I and I keep up with NXT a little bit more, but like both of them just don't quite do it for me to be honest with you. Like yeah. I like AEW, I like the guys in AEW. I think that Cody has done a fantastic job of taking people like himself who weren't in the right position. Who Vince was like, "No, you're going to do my thing, not your thing." Yeah, and he's just kind of let them loose to do their thing. Yeah, and it's so cool to see these creative minds. And you're like, oh, why wasn't he doing that? Like over in WWE, this would have been great mm-hmm. because he didn't have creative control. Right. Because somebody else was calling the shots and writing out his promos and right. he had no say in what he was doing. He was just handed a script and going, hey, go do this. So AEW, I feel like they're doing the the no crowd thing mm-hmm. extraordinarily well. Yes, I, I will agree with that. Like the clips I've seen and like I have sat down and watched a couple episodes, they they have done the no crowd thing very well. And I think it makes sense to have the wrestlers in the crowd because all of almost all of AEW's roster, every person on their roster has a character. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're seeing. It's not just oh, he's a good guy, so he's he's out there. Right. Or you know that 
You don't Literally, just throw Titus O'Neil out there to support Apollo Crews. Although I'm pretty sure he he'd still be out there. Um, right, but they actually have like a character like this is this person. Right. right. Uh, so I mean, you know, you have MJF out there who's saying I'm not in the ring because I don't have to be because I don't need the money because right. I'm better than you and you know it. Yeah. Which you know he doesn't have to be in the ring. Because his character says so. Right, exactly. Um, you've got Sean Spears out there who's becoming a gambler. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just betting money on every match. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, that's been a it's, really cool character to watch, too. Yeah. Well, you see, I. He's one of those guys that I wasn't sure would succeed regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when, when he came, when he left WWE being Ty Dillinger and doing the Perfect 10 thing and then still came. And kind of did the perfect 10 thing. Like, he's still kind of doing that. It's just, he's just doing it under a different name. Right. Um, I wish the guy the best. I'm not a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the peak for him was was Cock and Cody in the head with a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but people people kind of frown on that these days. So, I don't know if, if that can really be a highlight for him. But, I mean, they still show it on TV, so I'm okay with it. They'll just skip over it on YouTube. It'll be right. a little half-second skip on YouTube. Right. Won't be able so to they see can, the So they can shot. stay monetized, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, speaking of AEW, speaking of guys in WWE who weren't allowed to be their own person, Brody Lee came yes. out as the exalted one. This is months of buildup. People were kind of tired of the Dark Order, from what I can tell. Like, it had kind of fallen flat. It, it had gotten really bad. And then they built it up to where, okay, he's here. He's here. Mm-hmm. He's he's actually here. Get ready for him. And then it was Brody Lee, aka Luke Harper. Right. It, and that is from and, and I went back and I watched Brody Lee, not Luke Harper, before like whenever he was getting big with the Wyatt family. Yeah. I was like, oh wow, this guy's actually really talented. Mm-hmm. And for how big he is, he moves around really well. Yeah. So I watched some of his older matches. I was like, oh, he's been doing this for years now. Mm-hmm. Perfect fit in my opinion. So they they pulled the double swerve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone had assumed that it was Matt Hardy. I, I, I was in that boat. I for sure thought Matt Hardy was oh, coming over as the exalted one. Absolutely. And I mean, and I would have been down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they had brought there, there's two different scenarios here. If Matt Hardy had been the exalted one, it would have elevated the dark order. Mm-hmm. But with, with Brody Lee being the dark, the, the exalted one, it elevates Brody Lee. It mm-hmm. doesn't know. It doesn't elevate the dark order. Uh, and so personally, I kind of started to like the Dark Order, especially mm-hmm. with with Evil. I don't like the creepers. I don't. I don't like the guys in the mask. I mm-hmm. think I think it's a pretty stupid idea, honestly. But uh, with Evil Uno and, and Stu Grayson, I enjoy them together as a team because mm-hmm. they're they're phenomenal. And so uh, you know they were starting to gain traction with me, and I would have enjoyed to see them kind of just get some more spotlight. Uh, but with with Brody Lee coming into the fold. I mean, you can't really ask for much more, especially mm-hmm. the direction they're taking it, which I know you said you're not, you know, super into AEW. Um, but with the, the direction they're taking Brody Lee, at this point, it's it's very, I mean, you knew it was going to be a cult leader thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also very, like, pseudo Vince McMahon. That's what, I've, that's what I was just about to say. Like, I, I did go through the last few days, and I kind of caught up to make sure I kind of knew what I was talking about okay. when we talked about this. And I saw that he has very Vince McMahon... Like, just little digs here and there. Yeah. And the perfect, perfect dig was uh, whenever he debuted, and, he's in, um, and he said, you're you're not the first old out-of-touch man, or out-of-touch old man that didn't believe in me. I was but like, you're gonna oh, be, But you're going to hey, be the last. Right. Oh, yeah. hey, Vince. Hey, this is straight at you. Right. 
and he he did the interview with uh, with Jericho and talked to Jericho mm-hmm. and uh, Jericho was like, "So you took the, the dig at Vince?" He's like, "Dig at Vince? I mean that that, that could have been talking about my uncle, right, you know? Right? It could anybody could be out of yeah. touch, old man?" And I saw that little uh little clip of him like eating with his two minions yeah. and. Mm-hmm. You don't eat until I'm done. You don't. Right. You don't get fed until I'm fed, and then if there's enough left over, that's when you. you whenever you can start. Right. Which Vince has really had that kind of a stigma about him since he started. Mm-hmm. Of he's going to get his own, and then if it trickles down to the to the talent, it trickles down to the talent after he gets his. Then the execs get theirs, and the writers get theirs. Yeah. Then the talent might get what's left over yeah. unless he handpicks you to sit at the table with him. And Vince's Vince's known to just eat a steak every. Every time, like mm-hmm. every every show, every 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 time they're at, at a uh, at an event, he's going to have a steak and he's going to eat it in his office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, it's kind of just a, a just more digs at Vince. And what I where I get concerned with with for Brody Lee and AEW for you know for that fact is I don't want them to be so concerned with taking shots at Vince and shots at, at the company that they get off track of what they do. Because they're so good, man. Like I, 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 I appreciate AEW, and it's not just because I'm a fanboy and you know go to all their shows. Um, it, I, I actually enjoy watching that show. Um, but what I don't want to see happen is them become TNA of you mm-hmm. know 2000, 2008, 2009, whenever it was that they started doing their their nonsense. So hopefully that they're hopefully they're able to to maintain their you know their their fire and and not get too caught up in what WWE is doing. They do have that. They do need to. They do have a fine line of what they're what they're, and I think they're on the successful side of that fine line right mm-hmm. now. Of hey, we are our own show, but let's not forget. Haha, this is what we're doing. This is what you wouldn't let us do. Right. I want to show you if you let me just get a little bit of my character out there. Mm-hmm. This is what I could have done with it. Yeah. So with AEW, and I know that Vince really doesn't give a damn what anybody else is doing in yeah. life, but if they continue to be successful and they continue on this and it kind of and they are a true rival to WWE for an extended stretch, do you think Vince he finally lets the talent have more control over what they're doing, or do you think it's just he's old, he's stubborn, he's in his ways? I think you're going to do what I'm going to tell you. The machine doesn't change; like mm-hmm. your, your car doesn't run any different because the car next to you is running faster. Fair. Uh, it's WWE is a machine and it's going to continue to be a machine Mm -hmm. for the rest of eternity. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got too much public money out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people who aren't Vince who can, who control things, which Vince has the final say in everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But he has to appease stockholders and partners and he has a public image and a brand to uphold. That's why he doesn't have megastars anymore. He has, the brand, right? You, yeah. you don't, you don't go see, you know, he he no longer advertises someone's name bigger than than the company or bigger than an event. Um, you're not going to go to WrestleMania to see one person. You're going to go to WrestleMania to see everyone, right? Um, and that's that's just kind of the way that they're going to roll. Like they're they're a machine. If you're there, you're another cog in the machine. Literally, if everyone from WWE, if every superstar were to leave. They would they would hire new people from the crowd and just start and start, start fresh, yeah. and it would it'd be the same product. Mm-hmm. I mean, the in ring work would be different, obviously, but you know it would still be the same thing. He would probably still call them Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. <laughs> right. I'm surprised we don't have Shield 2.0 at this point. Yeah, and sp- speaking of Shield 2.0 and everything, Rollins 
Rollins is kind of doing his own thing now with the Messiah, mm-hmm. uh, the Monday Night Messiah. He's got his little henchman, which I think is actually a pretty good role for him. Yeah. I think he works better in a group. Now he's a great wrestler, one of the best technical wrestlers out there. But I think he just plays really well in a group. He he vibed really well in the Shield, mm-hmm. and then when he had even when he had J and J, right? Know. He had his little two little henchmen. It just it worked out really well. Mm-hmm. And Rollins, I, I I enjoy him as a face. He's such a good heel. He's kind of like he's, he's kind of like Randy in that. Like yeah, it, he's he's solid as a face, and it's good for a couple of months. But that heel character, you just you love to hate Seth. Rollins. Something I didn't know that I missed the Seth Rollins heel laugh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. Like I hate it so much. You just that want to punch I, him in the face. Yeah. And he does such a great job at making you hate him. Hate mm-hmm. his guts. Absolutely. And so you know, AOP. One of the guys is is out with an injury right now, mm-hmm. which is why you haven't seen them. Not not just because uh, Corona, but um, you know, and that's that's where you start to see stuff like this. I feel like every group he's been in lately has just fallen apart. Uh, the the tag team with uh, with Ambrose when mm-hmm. they held the titles and then Ambrose got hurt the tag team with uh, with Jason Jordan and then Jordan got hurt and AOP those guys got hurt so you know I, I hope it works out for him because I I really do enjoy watching Seth Rollins and I feel like the Monday Night Messiah thing could breathe new life into mm-hmm. into his run because um, it started to get very stale you know the the cool thing about about Drew McIntyre is people wanted to see Drew beat Brock mm-hmm. um, versus last year at WrestleMania when Seth won. People just wanted to see someone beat Brock. Right. It, it could have been Santino Morella and he would have been received like a hero. God, um, could you imagine the snake, the, 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 the snake the coming cobra. out, the cobra coming the out cobra. and hitting Brock with one cobra right between the eyes. Oh my God. <laughs> I would have loved it. The pop that, that would have, the pop that would have gotten. So if you had to take, one guy from WWE and just give him his freedom to go to AEW, who would it be? Mm. Kevin Owens. Kevin, really? Really? I think, I think lately with his, um, his partnership with Samoa Joe and then his like rivalry with Seth, which has kind of gotten a little bit stale, like they need to kind of like go away from each other, but he's done such a good job. It's like he's renewed lately. True. And I have loved seeing him. In WWE, because I think that he can make that character work, but I can I can definitely see him in AEW doing really well. I mean, Owens is just one of those guys that I, I love to watch. You know, I don't know if it's just because I'm a bigger dude, right? And it's like, oh yeah, bigger dude going going beat up people. I love it, and uh, he's so athletic for somebody who's quote unquote out of shape, like. Right. And so you know, I, I'd love to see him. That that's him with a little bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. Imagine what what Kevin Steen could do. With, with all, just all the, the free, with, yeah. with all the chains off uh, of of his personality. Very true. Um, someone else who you know, it's it's happened in my universe mode on on two K mm-hmm. for for a long time. But uh, man, if if we could get a Roman Reigns in WWE mm-hmm. or in, in AEW, really, then you know, I feel like that would be that'd be fun to watch. I don't know that you know, I don't think the AEW fans would receive him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think I think he'd have a lot of fun. Because I don't feel like he gets to do all the stuff he still wants to do. Right. You know? So, for me personally, it's Cesaro. I think Cesaro's just gotten the, the short end of the stick left and right in WWE. I don't know why he keeps re-signing contracts. Like, I, I get that there really hasn't been, like, another place for him to go and be on a stage that big. But now that there is, mm-hmm. I think he should jump ship and just let Cody like be like, hey, look, let's... Because, I mean, 
pound for pound the strongest man in WWE. The, the feats yeah. of strength that man has had is ridiculous. He's put on great matches with John Cena. He's put on great matches with the great Kali. He put on a solid match with, with Big Show. Even little guys like Ricochet. Like he he can put on a match with a great match with anyone. He's just not the best on the microphone. Yeah. But I feel like, and I'll, for, for the sake of radio, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll argue against you. Okay. Cesaro, great wrestler, great in-ring competitor. Mm-hmm. Not a compelling guy, though. Which I think part of it is WWE. Like, I, that's why I would want to see him at least try somewhere else to see if he's yeah. a compelling guy with his own and not just, hey, I'm really strong. Like, because right. that's what he has for him is the Swiss Superman. Yeah. And his run, like, with the bar, when he got to be, like, a little bit, bit bigger of a character. Mm-hmm. Now, I get Seamus was a lot of that. But, like, you got to see some of him, and he was super entertaining with Seamus right. with the bar. So I would love to see somebody just kind of give him freedom for, let's say, give him freedom for a month. Let's see what he does with it. If it doesn't work, fall back into WWE. Right. Cool, whatever, fine. We and, at least tried it. And that's the that's the cool thing that, that he's in right now with the the Artist Collective. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're calling something, it. Something goofy uh, like that, with, yeah. with Sammy, uh, Sammy, Shinsuke, and Cesaro, that could be something. Mm-hmm. Um, they're I feel like they're they're just trying to make the best of the situation with them, because uh, they're they're entertaining together. Plus, Sammy is just such a good talker, and he's able to generate so much heat. I did not think I would like him as a heel because I loved him as a babyface. He's been so good as a heel. Sammy, yes. Sammy's been incredibly entertaining. Um. I think the last time that I even the last segment that I even remember from Sammy is probably um, I think like sometime last year, a year before. And he was he was like taunting uh, Lashley and like mm-hmm. Lashley's sisters and stuff. And so that's the first thing, like the last segment that I actually remember that comes to mind with Sammy. But he has he hasn't really been at the forefront of my mind. So, right. Um, the last thing I remember was just him being an absolute jerk, like just just an idiot, really annoying to to Lashley, um, which anytime someone's annoying to Lashley, I, I love it. But, um, you know, he hasn't really been at the forefront. So to see him holding a title with a group behind him mm-hmm. uh, is kind of a big deal for him. And I, I think that's his first singles title. And I think so. Outside of like the NXT championship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so. Uh, so if you had, so this is something that I've talked about with a couple other friends and I'll give mine after, or mm-hmm. yeah, I'll give mine while you're thinking of yours. If you could build a stable and push that stable, just, who would you th- who would you throw in together? What's what's the purpose of the stable? Like what what are we is are they going to be the main focus of the show? Yes, like this is going to be like sort of like what the shield was, where okay. like they were like the hounds of just like the hounds of justice shield. Let's go with they're kind of the patrolling everything. Okay, and they have some big moments, but they're not like the guys just yet. Let's let's something around the something around that. Okay, and is this in WWE or is this in AEW? WWE. WWE. So for me, I'll go mine, kind of give yeah. you a minute to think. Yeah, go for it. Something I've always wanted to see is give me a stable of Roman with the Usos, and you also have Tamina and um, Nia Jax. Okay. Give me the bloodline. Give me yeah. all. Give me the cousins. They they run through everybody. Turn turn everybody heel at once. Give me a, give me a heel Roman Reigns. Turn everybody heel. Let them just attack. Like you know, attack in the shadows. Give me just like who is it for for. Two months. I don't care. Yeah. Let it build. But give me the bloodline. And then the name of it, trademark, I don't care. WWE, if you want to do it, <laughs> I want my money later on. 
Yeah. But give me give me those like that Samoan background and have them even attack like bring in um Rikishi. Bring in yeah. Rikishi. Have him get attacked in the back and have nobody know what happened and do a better job than what they did with Big Cass and Enzo, where you knew it was Big Cass the whole time anyway. Right, and it was just right. really obvious. Do a better job of it. You know, have them going, have them hunting down who who is doing this, and have Samoa Joe in there as well. Yeah, give me that group, and then give me the club. Bring the club in together and yes. have those two on a on a collision course with each other. Yeah, and give me that at either a Survivor Series match or a WrestleMania match. Yeah. I would love that storyline. And that's a full, you can go for, for a full year with that. Yeah, absolutely. Build it up, have them go parallel with each other, but you can tell that they're going to end up running into each other at some point. Yeah. So because you said the club, like I, honestly, if there were any stable that I would want to actually happen in WWE, it would be the club, mm-hmm. but a full on, full on recreation, mm-hmm. you know, with you, you do Gallows, Anderson, Styles, and Balor. Um, throw in Shinsuke to give them if they need a fifth for like if they, if for they a need, match if with they a five need a five, fifth, throw in Shinsuke. Yeah, I mean you 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 know you have the Japan connection, mm-hmm. but um, you know I I'd be I'd be down for that, but uh, yeah I I think it would have to be the club with Balor because you you haven't seen Balor like I don't know I don't even know what he's doing in NXT. If he's doing anything at all, he started off. He had he started off really hot, and I haven't really seen anything from him for the last. I don't know if he's hurt. I'll be honest with you, I haven't just I just haven't kept up with it right in a little while. So I honestly don't know if he's hurt or what. But he started off really hot, and then just kind of like he lost a triple threat championship match, and I just kind of haven't seen him since. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would want to see Balor at the forefront. Um, I know Styles doesn't have too much longer left that he still wants to do this. You know, mm-hmm. he's probably in it for another two years or so. Um, and, but I, I would, I'd love to see Balor actually be in a real spotlight that leads to him being the world champion. Could you uh, imagine the, the eight man, and I hate saying eight man tag team, just let them go at each other of the Usos, Roman and Samoa Joe versus the club with Balor. Just like, but actually let Gallows and Anderson be the club and not yeah. the laughing stock that they have been. Right. Not, not the nerd thing. Right. Cause you'll have to. to build them up into being legitimate contenders again and it doesn't take long it doesn't honestly you you give them you give them a month mm-hmm. of just running rough shot through through the rest of the roster and they're they're back right um, but because the people like them mm-hmm. like people people truly like the club um but they they get such the short end of the stick yep. especially with you know they they would <laughs> just kind of kayfabe it they walked into a fight three on one Plus all the little henchmen they had around as well. Plus the whole Dark Order from AEW yeah. showed up. Started to <laughs> right. beat up the Undertaker. Undertaker beat up the Dark Order. Beat up the OC. Won a ten on one match. And then buried AJ Styles. Like man, yeah. you, it doesn't really get much worse than that. Like you, yeah. you got buried. You got beat up by an old man. Like come on, you guys can do better than this. Yeah, but that is that is something I've been pitching to a buddy of mine for years now. Give me give me that turn. Or hey man, if you if you just want a heel versus face, because I think, like I get face versus face and heel versus heel is hard to book. Yeah. But give me the two most, give me two heel factions that have just run through and the faces can't do anything about it. You know, pitch together whatever group of faces you want, fight them off. They don't work. Yeah. And then they have the clash, kind of like what you had with Shield and the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. You have who's more dominant. Well, yeah. Like, when it, when it comes to that, it's like this is my territory. Like, right. You know, absolutely. This, this, is, this is my show. You don't you don't get to. 
I don't care if we're if we're friends or not, if we, if we beat up the same guys or not. Right. Uh, this is this is my show. Yep. I'm gonna run this place, and um, you know, a, a group that I'd love to see on the main roster and actually have some dominance would, would be Undisputed Era. Oh, for sure, that would be fun if, to watch. If they could, if they could make the the jump from NXT, because I NXT's, you know, they're they're you know, they're it's a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Adam Cole's just so entertaining, mm-hmm. and maybe it's because he's got such such a long period of time left on his on his deal, and kind of you know the mileage that's left on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a young dude. He, right. He's he's not old. You know, um, so he could be here another ten plus years, and so maybe that's why they're you know kind of hesitant to bring them up to the main roster. But why not? Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, you, you need star power. Yeah, you, you really do. Like I, kind kind of like what you mentioned with Vince has gone away from like mega stars to just everybody. Everybody's a superstar. Yeah, you don't really have that. Like you can tell, like when we mentioned earlier when Cena came through. You have guys like me who aren't hardcore watching every single week, but I keep up with it. Right. But I tuned in for John Cena. Right. Like I love me some Roman Reigns, but Roman's not on that. He's not on that level with Cena. And Randy Orton hasn't done the, like, go away and come back, so it's not as special to see Randy Orton. Even though he matches Cena's star level, you don't you don't have that, like, a, oh, I got to watch. Like, when Edge came back, like, you get... Right. It, it's hard because you want to say, hey, move away from these old guys. You keep bringing back to win. But their star power is just so, like, you can't argue with it. Right. And, and part of WWE's whole thing is selling nostalgia, mm-hmm. right? So when they when they really want to sell out Madison Square Garden, they bring back DX, mm-hmm. they bring back Stone Cold Steve Austin. Eventually, these guys are going to be too old to bring back. In 20 years, WWE is not going to have any nostalgia to sell right. because they haven't built up any stars that we'll remember from 2020. The stars I remember from 20 like the the standout stars of 2020 are Edge, Randy Orton, and The Undertaker. Right, yeah. And that that should you know, say something about this company. Absolutely. And that's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. He said, you know, later on and because, and another thing that, you know, makes me think about it is you have these guys. Yes. You had like some of DX that left or, you know, Hogan left and but then came back. I just don't see those guys who left like Brody Lee or John Moxley coming back to where 10, 15 years from now you can have the Wyatt family comes back and just, it's an eerie thing or you have the shield makes another return. Just like, yeah. even as a one-off like you do for DX, you don't have that that you, you can do pull it back anymore. on yeah. because they have somewhere else to go because you treated them so poorly, or not even poorly, you just you restricted them so much yeah. that they're just ready to get away, and they're not going to come back. Yeah, sorry, we have our Febreze thing in here. <laughs> this scared me. Yeah. I, thought, I thought someone sneezed, man. That Rona, <laughs> Rona's out yeah. here. Rona's kind of running wild. Big Rona. Rona Rona mania. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Dallas. Well, thank you very much, man, for coming out here. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see. We're definitely going to get you on again at some point. For sure. Uh, Whenever sports come back, we'll, uh, even if we have to FaceTime, you know, get a little speakerphone action going. We'll make it work. Uh, Go see Dallas if you live in Monroe at AT AT&T. They'll sell you phones and cable and anything else you can think of. That's it. All right, man. Appreciate you. Y'all have a good day.